Hi, hey everyone, welcome to the Next Steps podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this Monday afternoon, so it's almost live. Um, but just really looking forward to getting started. We've, we've had an interesting topic for the sermon yesterday, so we'll talk about that today. We're coming back to it. I'd like to start our conversation, though, just by acknowledging and paying our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. We also pay respects to elders past and present and emerging and for their care for country, land and sea over the past thousand of generations. Um, so today we've got three. Um, we we dubbed it the rose between two thorns, and I'm sure the reason they will become perfectly clear <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube. So Matt Garvin, senior pastor, we, we've been doing a series leading up to Christmas following Advent candles. So we'll talk about that in a sec, but Matt's been taking the charge on that. So everyone welcome Matt. Okay, and then we've got Jan, Jan, Jan um, office administrator in the centre, so she's she's the rose, if you didn't pick that up, um, and then I'm Dan, so it's nice to have you with us, nice to have you listening, we keep hearing reports of people listening to this podcast and appreciating, just it gives us a chance to explore the sermon a bit more, and maybe maybe share some of the things that we, we didn't get time to in the sermon, today we get the special treat of watching an ad which didn't get shown in the sermon yesterday. So there's additional material. All right. Dan, I wonder whether we ought to apologise that we missed last week. No, I don't think we should yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah, no, that was my <laughs> fault. Well, actually, no, it was your fault that we missed it, Dan. It's my fault. You... I, I was moving house. And Matt was yeah. helping you. And that was and helping I, me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Completely slipped my mind. And, and helping in the loosest sense. I managed to turn up twice when all the jobs were finished, so... I, I think I was carrying the last box as Matt turned up. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> pretty much both really? times. It was good. No, but they were they were a great help. So I I now am a happy resident of Kingston, King Kingsborough Council or whatever it's called. So yeah, just we've moved. It's for those on the eastern shore. You may never have ventured that far in Tasmania, that far south, but it is eighteen minutes from the Mornington Church. So I know it's unthinkable, but I'm not going to board over here during the week for work. So I will be driving that whole distance each day. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it's quite funny getting used to the eastern shore mentality of travel. Um, yeah, but, yeah. So anyway, we've moved house. I'm tired. So I'm just going to start with that. Yeah, still picking up furniture here, there and everywhere. Anyway, um, the Advent candles, we've been following this series sounds very anglican that we've got a nice ritual do, do other churches follow the lighting of the advent candles yeah although one i mentioned it at the carols by candlelight and the one of the anglican ministers said can you please stop talking about candles i'm trying to get the candles out of my church <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah so i don't think all churches do the advent candles and some really don't want to do them but for us who are a more low church kind of thing it's a it's a nice thing to do yeah yeah okay so what what are the there are five candles jan <laughs> what do they represent do you remember oh dear that's a push um yeah there's hope and there's peace and there's joy and there's love and then there's the christ one on christmas day mm. Yeah. Have I done, done? Is that enough? That's correct. That's it. That's, and, right. and in the right order too. That's very impressive. Oh well, that was to a chance. <laughs> and, and here comes our second apology for the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, we actually lit the central one, which isn't supposed to happen until Christmas Day. 
So that was a that was a doozy. We would be excommunicated for that in other denominations, but in ours it's okay. This is this is something we we didn't do for years. I mean, it's only in recent years that we've mm. quite recent years, really. Yeah, and in my background through the Methodist Church, we never did it at all. So mm. yeah. yeah. So Matt, you've you've based this teaching series on on the same themes. Um, yeah. What motivated you to to do this series? Well, I, I um, for me, uh, these are the, the deep themes of the New Testament. These are the deep, also hungers in human hearts, and I, I don't think it's an accident that at Christmas time these are the words that blow up, mm. and so. So coming back and trying to work out what hope and peace uh, and joy and love look like for us now, I don't think that will ever be irrelevant. Um, mm. and, so, and, and I do think there's something about, Brian Adams had a song that said there's something about Christmas time that makes you wish it was Christmas every, you know, every day. But I, I do think there is something about those words, the promise of those words that is kind of attached to Christmas which is why people are really, there is a deep thing to do with Christmas that means that sometimes it's very painful for people because they discover that they don't have those things. But there's a, the promise of those things in Christmas, which is why I think it, Christmas is such a, an, an important time in our culture and around the world. Yeah. And, and these words turn up in our Christmas cards all the time, hope, peace and joy. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't see love so much on the Christmas cards, but yeah, there's definitely these ones there. Um, also, for our new audience, I'd just like to reference that Matt just quoted Brian Adams instead of you two, and we're hoping that that's the beginning of new things. Mariah <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> Carey next week, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, mate, come on. you got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So they, you, you used the phrase a few times yesterday that these are core longings of the human do I say spirit or something else? Well, I, yeah, I think it's the human spirit, the part of us created in the image of God. The, uh, and they are eternal. They are eternal uh, longing. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we quoted in Romans that uh, the, the kingdom of God is a, is a matter of uh, righteous, righteousness, where... So I can remember it off the top of my head, but I, I, I can't. But it, it was in the notes. Uh, it was where Paul was saying the kingdom of God uh, is, where is he? Romans, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I was, I was actually reading this week somebody who says really what he means by righteousness is love. So these words that are so associated with Christmas uh, are, are right at the heart of the kingdom of God, right at the heart of who we are as human beings. And if you don't have hope, if you don't have peace, if you don't have joy and if you don't have love, then that's not superficial. None of the missing any of those things is not superficial. And, and having any of those things makes a huge difference. That's why they're, I think that they are profound parts of what it means to be human. Uh, and, and that's why I, I don't mind every couple of years coming back 
um, and looking at them and saying, okay, what does that mean? Uh, how do we talk about these in a in a way that's not superficial? Yeah. In the, in the first week, I remember you talking about peace um, and you were contrasting peacemakers with peacekeepers. Um, mm. so, and peace peacekeeper is someone, is the avoidance of conflict, so not rocking the boat sort of thing. But last week you talked about um, happiness and joy and the difference between those. I'll get you to elaborate more on those in a sec uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, just, just looking at what... So these these words in you you call them an eternal perspective. Hmm. How are they different for substitutes that we as humans try and find uh, um, hmm. without without God or without without His ways? I'm stumbling a bit over my words, but yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I was wondering if Matt, you could show us an ad just to come back to this joy thing. Yeah, yeah. So we've been, we, Matt's Matt's been talking about marketing associating. Um, a product with a core human need. So do you want to elaborate on that a bit before you show the video, Matt? Yeah, like I said yesterday or on Sunday, I, I, um, there is a, a, a good marketing campaign taps into a real human need and the great ones tap into really deep human needs. And it's not an accident. The, the amount of brands that want to align with joy tells you that joy isn't superficial. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, on during the sermon we showed BMW and Coke and Walmart. Uh, in these last couple of weeks, Amazon and Apple have both launched campaigns based on joy. But this is an older one uh, from Glade. Who would have thought? You know, Glade air freshener, hygiene services, that sort of stuff. Uh, they they went for it too. So I thought I'd play this one. We didn't get to show this on Sunday. This is so this is uh, a bit of a bonus for those who are with us on the uh, on the, on the podcast. And for those who are listening, you'll just have to listen to the soundtrack, and we'll come back and tell you what it said at the end of it. This is my wish. My wish. For the world That peace would find its way To every boy and girl This is the time The time for harmony Let love be the song That everybody sings Fill the air with joyful noise Ring the bells and raise your voice let there be peace on earth, let there be peace on earth, let there be peace on earth, let there be peace on earth. I hear the sweetest sound, the sound of hope to come, together we can breathe goodwill to
Okay. Yeah. You have to watch the whole thing through to know where it's even trying to promote. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a, most of these Christmas ads are like that. The um, Amazon one is very similar. They, they just have their logo in there a couple of times and and uh, the tag was feel joy, feel, uh, feel glade, I think, or fine anyway. Yeah. So for those for those who are listening, um, just very briefly, there's a, a woman and her partner in a house, and over the road is an old single guy who's in a cold place. Looks pretty miserable. She, when he drives, when the old fellow drives out for something, she goes and dolls up his house with some lights. And so all of these ads, you're right, Matt. They leave you with the oh, that's a beautiful, that's beautiful. So they capture this beautiful narrative or story of the human spirit within 30 seconds, and then they just have their logo at the end of it or something. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, but this is one of the big things in England is the Christmas advertising campaigns. It's a multi-million dollar, like it's a massive deal in England. We should have a look at some of those, but some of those storytellings, it's, um, if you break it down to its little parts, it's cringy, but as, but as a story, it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It didn't yeah. say smell and smell glade, did it? <laughs> no. no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, and she really should have given him a candle. anyway yeah so what's what's that ad got to do with your sermon matt well just that we wanted to show how profound joy is but also that most of us don't know how to explain what it is like we we it's so profound and we want it so much, but we don't. It, just putting some simple words around it isn't easy. We actually spent some time getting people to talk around the table, and people were f- saying, "Yeah, like my experience of it's different." And 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 this, there's this. Uh, I quoted Brene Brown. She was saying, "There's this, there's a spiritual edge to it. It means it's it's more than cognitive. It's more than a, a sentence or a few words you can put around it. That you know it when you've got it, uh, and you you know it when you don't." But most people can't just put words around it easily. And, and they do know, most people know that it's different to happiness. Um, but, but it's not, it, it isn't simple. But ma- marketers try very hard to align themselves with it because they know it's what we want. We want joy. We want a, a joyful life. Um, and that's what, so that's why we played these ads and raised it. Uh, and that's why millions of dollars are being spent trying to align in this season both Amazon and Apple want to be known a source of joy. So that's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure where to go from that bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think for me, this is part of it, I really wrestled. It was. I, I found it quite difficult putting this sermon together. I sat down. We, we've got normally a sermon review group who meets on a Thursday, and I ran through it, and I had bits of it there, but it was it was abstract. And as part of part of this challenge, like um, you, interestingly enough, you, you don't. It's not simple just to say find joy cognitively, and all these. I think it's not an accident that most of these ads are all stories that 
that, that joy isn't found in your ideas. It's, it's found in the moments is what we were saying. And I, I really, and, and there's a, this thing that I had to come to terms with. Um, and, and, and it wasn't until the Sunday morning as I was praying, saying, why am I finding this so hard? Uh, this, this realisation for me that as a kid, I, I felt things very deeply uh, and then I, I learned in order to survive to suppress my feelings a bit. Uh, and one of the things that uh, I found helpful that Brene Brown was saying, you, you cannot experience joy without being vulnerable. Like you, you can't you can't experience joy safely because it's a wholehearted embrace of a moment, and it's a it's a thankfulness for things that are going to be temporary, uh, and it is a it, it is it, you cannot this is the the kicker to it you you cannot experience it without also experiencing sorrow, because the more you experience joy and have this taste of how things should be, the more you clearly see how things shouldn't be. Uh, and uh, the more you enjoy a moment, the more you, you, you're you a bit sad when that moment's not there or that relationship's not there. Or um, And so there's this... And and I, I think one of the things I didn't fully unpack, but I, I, I saw in my quiet time on Sunday morning was how much, for me, maturity... I think I bought into a false sense of what maturity is. That mature, I had this sense that maturity was um, learning to control your emotions or distance yourself from your emotions. But actually, Jesus was quite emotional and he was the most mature person who ever lived. Uh, and he was joyful, but he was also sorrowful. Um, uh, that I, and I didn't expand this enough. I, and I, I actually said the wrong words as I look back on the sermon on Sunday afternoon, but I that that there is a there's an edge to which maturity is uh, is about managing your internal world, but it but it's not distancing yourself from your internal world. It's and particularly Paul in Ephesians four defines maturity as not being tossed around on the waves, like not not having your internal world determined by your external world. Um, and so when things were going bad for Jesus, he didn't all of a sudden throw off his hands and say, this is too hard. I'm not going to like it is. So he, I reckon he's the picture of maturity. He is, he is the picture of somebody who was both joyful and sorrowful yet wasn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't run by his emotions. And, and I, so I think we've, for me, and I think for many people, we've fallen for a false sense of what it means to be a grown-up, to, to be fallen for a false sense that somehow to be a grown-up, I, I shouldn't feel too much. Uh, and, and, and I've also heard it said that joy isn't a feeling, but there's no, it, it is clear that there is a feeling, there is a feeling aspect of joy. It's more than a feeling, but it's not less than a feeling. And so... <laughs> So all of that was a bit of a package that I started to unpack in my quiet time on Sunday morning and kept unpacking as I was preaching on Sunday. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's, yeah, I had someone say, say to me, yeah, the sermon was a bit of a mess, but I got some stuff out of it. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, might be a bit harsh, but it be, <laughs> but, but you're right because you see Jesus in, in his the ultimate test of just before the crucifixion, he actually says, "Oh God, if there's any other way of this happening." I, I don't want to go through with this if there's any other way, but but your will be done. And so, he, so he does hold it together. And and Paul says later that for the for the um, he endures the cross for the joy of what's to come. What's that verse? For oh, I had a second. Yeah, for the joy yeah. set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. Yeah. And so he holds it together for that. I, I'm wondering if um, uh, see, I don't think my spirit speaks the English language. Um, which is interesting for me. So I'm constantly attempting to interpret what my spirit is telling me in in this language that is so inferior to this what my spirit feels and things that I, I'm constantly trying to have to work out. Because I, I was toying with the thing of um I think I think joy in my definition of joy um my joy doesn't have to be determined by my five senses or by my external situation, which which I interpret through my ego and personality sort of stuff. But but instead, I think joy is more associated with my spirit. So I, no matter what I'm going through, I can find this sense of joy in in what I'm going through. Um, but for happiness, happiness is a feeling, and it feels and it's happiness. That feeling is connected with with my physical and. Um, psychological being yeah so i think for me that that's kind of a helpful split between them because i i find spiritually i can be full of joy and alive even when i'm going through some of the darkest places of all but yeah but if i'm just trusting my feelings that's a different thing jan have you got anything you want to throw in on that bit? Yeah, no, very similar i think i mean the joy is such a, a deep underlying um, I don't know, something. But you're right about the spiritual language. We, we never have the language to express our spiritual experiences and feelings mm. and things. But it's, um, yeah, but for me, joy, it's a, it's a deep contentment and it's a, it's a deep trust knowing that God's there regardless mm. of the circumstances and the pain and the tears. It's... it's um, yeah, it, it just underlies all that and, and in mm. a sense gives the expression of the current emotions a place to rest in and root in. So mm. Um, mm. I don't know whether that makes sense or not, but it's for me it's 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 beyond those sorts of the superficial bits of life and the happenings mm. and the feelings. Yeah. Mm. And I think what you're saying in all that is really important, particularly for my generation and the generation before me who came through in a very modernist framework and thought we could find the right form of words to fix things up. And if we get people to say the right form of words, then they'd be a Christian. And, and, and so it, it was all about the right, finding the right boxes for things. And, and I think this generation coming through is in some ways rejecting all those boxes and saying, I, reality, I'm more complicated and reality is more complicated than the what I understand these words to mean. And, and I think when it comes to these words, like love and joy and peace and hope, they are much bigger than, than, than we can neatly compartmentalise. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they describe a bigger reality. In fact, uh, one book I was reading about Joy was saying it is what happens when you see how things are meant to be expressed. It, it is. It's where the, it's, a, it's the right response to the to the kingdom of God when you when you see a kid having fun or when you're wholeheartedly in the moment with something, when you see something beautiful or when things come together in a, in a, in a right way, or it, that, that's the stuff that produces joy. But it's, again, it's bigger and you can't just put neatly tidy it up into a, a neat package. Yeah, and, and the, I think for me the thing is that you can not substitute, but Jesus is our hope and our joy and our peace and our love. And so when you're living life in him, we are in sense embedded within those elements of his character and nature. So it's, yeah, it's a foundational thing underneath the living of life in a sense. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense either, but yeah, mm. it's, it's being in Christ in all of that and therefore we are wrapped in that, in those elements of love and joy and peace and hope yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and even with the word hope i know we we have a, a very christian view of that word um that this hope that we have a certainty in the eternity and what god has done for us in the future that's where we place our hope but the the human substitute for that might be wishing like yeah. a Oh, I wish this would happen. Something that you have no control over and you just wish it would. Yeah. But we play we place our hope in something that's already been done. Yeah. And and it's a certain certainty. Yeah. So I mean I'm enjoying exploring these it's almost spiritual emotions almost or something. Yeah. There's something deep. Yeah. Well I, I think they are and it's interesting in, in for the Hebrew people. Uh, you there what there was an emotional side to it, but it was always expressed, and it was always actually expressed in community joy that is, and and so they are spiritual emotions, but they are also expressions. They are ways of seeing the world. They're they're actually the glue that holds community together. Uh, I think they're they're echoes of the eternal that give us a grounding. They're actually I. I, I think they're, they're a key to mental health. Like if, if, you are, if you are having hope and joy and love and peace, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty healthy place to be coming from. Um, and, and mental health takes you away from that stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, so while we're talking about the mental health, Matt, there was three things that you mentioned. I can't remember how to preface this, but there was, there was you talked about being present in the moment. Do you remember what the other two things were? Well, there, there, I, I was saying that there, there, are, there are three reasons we can have hope. Uh, one is that God is at work in the moment through us to, to bring about good stuff. Uh, and he, and so no matter what we're going through, we can actually see that all things work together for good. But another one is this thing of Emmanuel, God is with us in the moment. It's not just that he's working out his purposes, he is with us. And the Psalm 23, thing of, even though I walk through the, the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. 
but there is also this hope we have in a, an incredible future. And, and the joy we experience now is almost like a, a, a down payment. It's, it's almost like a, a, a taste, a, a little pinprick into the world that is on the other side of, the, of, of eternity. And, and C.S. Lewis actually said, look, uh, we have enough trouble with uh, the pleasures and, and joys of this life. We, we can't imagine the kind of joy we're going to experience when we're at the fountainhead of joy, when, we're, when, we're when the full experience of joy is part of our reality. It's just, these, are, these are like dim, small little experiences to, to where we're going to go. And, and so that, these three things are the reasons we can have joy in suffering. That one is that the, there is a purpose to the suffering that ultimately God will work out his purposes in and through it, even though we may not see it. One is that Jesus is with us in the suffering, and the other one is that ultimately the, this suffering is temporary and there is an incredible future we're all looking forward to and there is eternal consequences to the, these moments we're in right now. So that, that they were the three things I was talking about when it came to navigating joy in suffering particularly and the other thing that comes to mind is that jesus said that the kingdom of god is within you yeah. i mean we've been given a deposit in a sense which is part of the big future but mm. all of that is within us now to as a resource yeah. for us and, and i i love we ended with the, the passage from john where where jesus says uh Remain in me, and and I've told you this so my joy may be in you, and your joy may, may be complete. That ultimately, uh, joy is an expression of who God is, and 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 if Christ is in you, then you'll you'll there'll be times where I was talking to Henny, who's a friend of mine and a friend of all of ours from church. Uh, and she was just saying, sometimes I just feel joyful and I don't really know why. Uh, and, and, and sometimes the Holy Spirit is at work and just bubbling, and it may not even be rational why you're experiencing joy because it's beyond your head, it's beyond your cognition. Um, but, but it is ultimately, and, and this is ultimately from a Christian perspective, God is the source of joy and Jesus is, our link and path to God, and if, if Christ is in you, then you could and should be becoming more and more and more joyful as, as, as Jesus gradually takes over your life more and more and more is through the process they call sanctification. But one of the things I mentioned, and I sort of one of the dangers, particularly for Protestant Christians, is we can get hung up so much on sin and focus on all the dark stuff that actually we become less joyful. Um, and, and and there are there are plenty of Christians. It's not hard to find some people who are not who are Christians and and not experiencing much joy. Um, 
because there is plenty of dark stuff in the world. There's plenty of darkness and badness and sadness. And, uh, and you can, it's easy for that stuff to define your life for you. It's really easy. Um, yeah. so, so that's where, yeah, the Philippians passage, I, I got to and found that really helpful in a lot of, particularly Brene Brown's stuff about that joy is always the side effect of being thankful. It is always, it is, you, you can't say, I'm going to go and get joy now. What you can, what you will find is, it, is if, you, if you let yourself see where God's fingerprints are in the world, mm. you will find joy. It's, if, if you look into somebody's eyes and see the life and the, and the, and the, the beauty in somebody else, you'll find joy. If you look at a gum tree and see and, and just let yourself experience the gum tree, you'll, you'll actually, if you're thankful for the gum tree, you'll experience joy. Uh, there is a, the more you are thankful, the more you'll experience joy. And so that was helpful. I think for the first time I started to, to, to understand a bit more, I think, what Paul was reaching for in Philippians 4 with all this stuff. Hmm. Jan, do you want to read Philippians 4 for us? Have you got that there? Yeah, verses 4 to 8. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Which yeah. is the opposite of your thinking of the darkness and dwelling in on yeah. the negatives and the problems, yeah. And, and between those two verses, I think I must have left it out in the notes, between those two between rejoicing the Lord and focus on these things, he, he said, if you've got things you're worried about, present that to God. Yeah. He's saying, this, this is what you do with your worries. Give that to God and then focus on the good stuff. Yeah. Spend your energy focusing on the good stuff in your life. Yeah. And the peace that's beyond understanding will come to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the peace beyond your cognition is the word you used earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's it, it's mm. profound. Um, and, I, and so the assumption here behind what Paul is saying is that we can choose what we think about, and what we in in choosing what we think about we will be more able to rejoice or to experience joy. Mm. And that's what Brene Brown said, joy is a spiritual discipline. You, you'll naturally, without disciplining yourself, you will go to the unresolved. You mm. will live in the place where, where things aren't, you know, as you want them to be. It actually takes discipline to to choose to focus on the on the beauty and on the light on the good and and that that actually helps lead you to to joy um, and so it is that um, I think it's a sign of maturity that 
a sign of immaturity. I was trying to say this on Sunday, but it came out all garbled. Um, a sign of immaturity is that you, your focus is determined for you by what's happening in your life. A sign of, a sign of maturity is that you are choosing you know, where to put your focus. Yeah, I wish I, I should have just said it like that. That would have been enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And and some of this stuff can be incredibly difficult if you if you're in a particularly dark place, or mm. you're suffering from deep anxiety or depression. Or it, it, I don't want to give glib answers of oh well, it's just a matter of you know mind over matter. Just start thinking about the positive mm. things. That's that's not helpful. That's not helpful. But there is some, there's definitely truth in the fact that if you're going through some pretty dark times, learning to be present in the moment and to be grateful for what you have and for, and for us as Christians to be grateful in the certain hope that we have in, in, in God and Christ with us. I love that uh, Emmanuel is for me all through my life, not just at Christmas, that yeah. Emmanuel yeah. isn't just a baby in a manger, but it is the resurrected life of Christ with me from from now on like forever so yeah but but i really in this thing of um being present being grateful and be, knowing that god is with you it's a good place to start it is and, and it turns out pollyanna was right then after all that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> So the reason the reason Matt and I have a thing for this is I find Pollyanna incredibly irritating because she's just always so happy. Oh my goodness! Just turn turn down the happiness. I mean, if you used to watch Annie from the same era, that was a fairly similar story. Someone who went through some pretty tough stuff, but oh, just turn down the happy, would you? <laughs> but but the essence of what you're saying, Matt, is perfect. Do you want to tell us what the essence of Pollyanna is? Well. Well, Pollyanna played this glad game where she's where her dad said there was always something to find, even the worst stuff. There's always something to find to be to be glad about, and and there, there but there becomes this moment in the movie where she falls out of a tree and breaks her back, I think, or does something, and and she finds she can no longer be glad, and then she needs the people around her to bring the joy back. To her to show her the beauty and the and and she has the whole town turn up and remind her about you know how beautiful life actually is and and i and i think that's a good picture like i, I think there are times where on your in your own strength you life is overwhelming and dark and you just need friends to remind you that there is beauty and truth and and, and it is there is good things in the world and you can't sustain joy on your own all the time. Um, and that's why, why we need to be joy bringers for each other, I think. And, and so I, so I, I think everybody should go and watch Pollyanna and, and remember Dan if you do. Uh, compulsory viewing. It, I'm sure it's on something. It's, it's, it's a black and white movie. Like it's Hayley Mills. It was a great movie. Um, they should do a remake of it. But it, it is probably a little too corny um, for modern sensibilities, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Die Hard's more my thing, but... 
<laughs> I'm just joking. It's just, yeah, yeah. I like the Die Hard Christmas joke, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Die Hard too. But, but it is, this is, this feels like part of the wrestle for me as I was coming to this and why it took me so long is it just, I didn't want to just talk about joy abstractly or glibly because I actually think it really matters. People want it and feel the lack of it. Um, and, and particularly over the last few years. And so just getting a bit of a sense of what does it mean to find joy, um, I actually had to do a fair bit of internal work and face my own stuff a bit to, um, in order to get to a point where I could start talking about it. I think that's why I found it so hard. Great. Well, I think we'll finish up there for today. Is there anything else you wanted to add in before we finish? No, I think you, just the simple thing of remembering to be grateful, but but also remember to look to Jesus. Ultimately, the, the ultimate picture of joy is in the face of Jesus. And the more you understand how much Jesus loves you and the more you can be thankful for that, the more it's a lot easier yeah. to find joy. Yeah, this is one of the um, one of the English footballers. Oh, gee, I can't remember his name right now, but the striker. He was on the news yesterday, and he was saying that, look, ultimately my identity is that I'm a child of God's, and then whatever happens on the football field, I don't have to feel the pressure of that because I know I'm a child of God's. And that's where my identity is. Um, I don't know how he's feeling today now that England's out, but <laughs> but, but I think I think this he'll be doing better than his teammates because he knows that he is yeah. precious. Whatever happens on the field, so yeah. yeah, great. Well, we'll finish up there. Thanks for your time, guys. This week coming up is love, and if you're watching this, we're actually going to have um, uh, on the Sunday morning. We're going to actually sit around the piano and sing carols facing each other so we'll hear each other singing and um yeah it's gonna be nice matt matt will be talking to us about love so really looking forward to that i will and you keep telling everyone i'm gonna do a short sermon on sunday so we'll see how that goes short sermon, short sermon. <laughs> um, but if you want to put in the comments how many minutes is a short sermon then i'll give matt a bit of a guide that'll be great that'd be great <laughs> um, and, and my guess is next week will be our last podcast probably through till february um, we'll take mm -hmm. January off the podcasting. Okay. We'll and on, that sad, on that sad note, thanks for joining us. So we'll see you next week. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Bye. Bye.